Yes. We are yeah. here with another <laughs> installment of whatever we're calling it. For short, we'll say another episode of Psychosemantic, one in which Darren and Mark talk about uh, comic book-based movies. That's, that's and short. Other shit. Yeah. <laughs> that's a short title. Yep. Fuck it. <laughs> we're kicking the rust off. Yeah, we're back after a while. We haven't done one of these in quite some time, and we were planning on doing this movie because it's set in winter time during the uh, winter months, but. It's kind of looking like springtime out. I got the windows open and the air conditioner. Well, not the air conditioner, but the ceiling fan going. Yeah. Um, here, I feel like we're going to get one more fuck you from winter uh, because my magnolia tree is starting to blossom. Uh-oh. And usually what happens when you, well, you right there, you said, uh-oh, you know. <laughs> It's too soon, man. Too yeah. soon. Magnolia tree blossoms. There's some shitty weather and then just dead, drot- rotting, purplish flowers dropping everywhere yeah. on the sidewalk. Right. Yeah. But basically, yeah, since my magnolia tree is starting to bloom, there's probably going to be another frost of some sort but also you know we're all still kind of getting reacclimated to well most of us i guess not everybody uh observes daylight savings time oh god i wish none of us did shit is dumb this can be our uh get get our guaranteed moment of politics in and out of the show uh (laughs) did you see the the bill in the senate the bill passing uh, I, the Senate, I believe. I saw some something about that, so it still has to go through the House then? Yes. Or it, it went through one of the Houses of Congress. There's so much shit going on that I can't remember which. But I feel like Congress passes lots of stuff and the Senate doesn't do anything besides make sound bites for whatever news show they're going on later. Right. At least half of Senate. The other half doesn't really effectively do anything. <laughs> I want this goddamn one to pass. Abolish daylight savings time. It's fucking stupid. Or keep daylight savings time or whatever. Stop switching is basically what it would be. <laughs> and no. it, it, If my understanding is correct, the, the bill as it is right now, we would stick with this time that we're in. So ah. we will have sprung forward. I don't know if, I mean, if it passes... There's a high likelihood that it would be signed into law before the fall back. Oh, no, this would be stuck on fall time. It's been so long since I've been out your way in the side of the country. But here, right now, it is twilight between 7 and 7.30 is when it starts becoming dark this time of year. Which is, you know, pretty about the same out here. Yeah. In the winter, it's dark, dark mornings. (laughs) <laughs> then it's dark when you get off work you yeah. never get to see the daylight sort of that's, this is a segue it's kind of like the movie shorten the shorten the work day and everybody yeah. gets sun, sun sunshine all the time which would not make marlo and the other antagonists of 30 days of night they would not be happy if they were trying to get you when you were going to and from work Yep, so, they want the days short or or non-existent. 
like in uh, <laughs> like in the movie. And we yeah, can get no. into it more. Vampires are kind of the ruling class. They don't want you to be happy. They don't want you to have sunshine. Yeah, I suppose. They, they prey on you when it's the darkest. And they, they've been around so long, they have all the money. They could go on 30-day vacations in the middle of the fucking year. That question <laughs> did come into my mind when watching uh, the two movies in question, actually. Uh, yeah, how, how, do they, how do they pay their taxi fare? How do they... How do they pay for a boat and shit? Oh, you know what? Well, we, we can get to it at that point, but I will say right now, I'm glad we didn't agree to watch both movies because <laughs> I turned the second one off about... I don't know. I feel like this probably happens a lot in the movie, but like the first or second time where she's just standing there talking about it, like, nobody believed me. It's something, something, just getting her shit together. It was pretty much right after the opening credit. <laughs> that does happen, yeah, at least a few times in that movie. Uh, but I did uh, reread yeah. the comic book. Okay, yeah, I haven't read the comic in a long time. I, I had to look it up. It came out in 2002, apparently, which I was uh sophomore in high school that year. So I think I may have found this at our public library a couple of years later when they had a pretty sweet graphic novel section. And I've always loved the book. and. Uh, yeah, it took eight years after that. 2010 is when the movie came out. So I definitely remember thinking after I'd read the book when they announced the movie, I was like, how the fuck are you going to turn this into a movie? Like, this is so, uh, like, all the art is so surreal and splattery and, uh, like, just all kinds of crazy shit going on. And I was like, this is almost unfilmable. And then, uh, actually, they did a pretty good job of the movie, I think. Yeah, the first I one. I think so. I think the first one. And, you know, I think it can easily be said that it is almost unarguably the best vampire movie starring Josh Hartnett that takes place in Alaska. <laughs> you can't argue that. I dare you to try. I used to think I uh, also add the based off a graphic novel, but I guess it wasn't really a graphic novel. It was a short comic series. And... It was, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think he originally wanted it to be a movie and he couldn't get people to jump at it. So he did right. the comic. He got that, uh, shit, what's his name? I I had it. The artist, <laughs> um, uh, ben, ben Temple Smith, uh, he's yes. the main artist. Yeah. Uh, who's, I don't know, his stuff's kind of like, it sort of reminded me of like Ralph Steadman and the... Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark uh, illustrations. I don't know if you read those. Or... Oh, yeah. For, I forget who the artist is on those. I was trying to think, but anyway. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, like, all the vampires look fucking rad in the book. They're all just, like, like their, their outlines are, like, kind of jittery. Like, they're always, like, slightly in motion, kind of. And they have these giant shark teeth, like, just comically large, like, chompers on them. And yeah, they just look scary as hell. There's like pale white, like black beady eyes, like shark. Like that, that's definitely the look you're going to like bars. These are, these are basically like snow sharks. <laughs> <laughs> Super cool art. So we, yeah, like you said, we, we were going to do this when it was winter, but then we came up with our sort of flimsy, but I think still strong enough to last excuse that there probably still will be more snow. Yep. And if there isn't, 
It's daylight savings time and vampires are the ruling class and they want to take your sunshine and happiness. <laughs> and however the rest of that song goes. But uh, <laughs> you watched the first two movies? I did. Both of the first two are on Tubi. If you're in the North America, you can watch them there. And yeah, I, should, I probably will... I might go back and rewatch the first one again when we do get like a shitty snowstorm. I'm a huge sucker for snow movies. Like growing up out here in the Rocky Mountains, we get a fuckload of snow and snow days were rad as a kid. Like when you get to stay home and I mean, maybe you got a little bit of homework or chores your parents make you do or whatever, but then you watch movies and like, there's something about watching something like, uh, like the, this first 30 days of night or like the shining or like when we were a kid, it was like empire strikes back the fucking, the scenes on Hoth oh, with right. the snow battle. Like that's, that's like, you watch that every single time, like you get a snow day home from school or whatever, and you can't really like leave the house or at least like where I grew up when it snowed bad enough, the roads were kind of impassable, but uh, yeah. And just a sense of like isolation, like we're like, we were stuck out there. We, we, we grew up out in the country kind of where if it did snow bad enough, the roads, like you, you're kind of stuck there and sometimes power would go out and fun shit like that. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm a huge. It's, it's definitely a big part of why the thing is my favorite movie. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's in the Antarctic and these guys are just completely isolated, and there's something spooky about that. And uh, I don't know. That's kind of one of the cooler character things about Thirty Days. But I, I think is like the none of the people that live in this town where it goes fucking completely dark for thirty days like think that that's that weird. It's just like how it is kind of. And I don't think they're really like. I don't know. Things must work well enough that like being completely isolated and shut off from the rest of fucking humanity doesn't really cross their minds very much. But then, then just like shit starts popping off like real quick. And uh, yeah, <laughs> these people are just stuck here with a group of, I don't know, 12, 15 ish vampires that slowly start picking them, picking them off. And um yeah, no, the, it kind of just goes from there. But the book and the graphic novel pr- are pretty close story-wise from what I remember. Like, there's there's some stuff that's, like, beat for beat. The same thing as the in the movie as is in the book. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. You, you read the book pretty recently. Did you notice anything, like, drastically different between the two? Yes, but it, ultimately for the story, it's I, it's sort of like, I don't really know why they changed it. Um. And it's, you know, uh, the guy who did the comic book did the first draft of the script. Right. Steve Niles. And he was involved throughout and he seems happy with it. And, you know, Sam Raimi and Rob Tappert were involved. Uh, They're what? Producers on this. Yeah. Big reason why it got going. What it's directed by the guy that did Hard Candy. And. Oh, yeah, I didn't know that. I learned that when I did hard candy a couple months ago, I don't even know what else this guy did. And, uh, he had the guy that worked. Yeah. And one of the other people who worked on the script was the writer on that. And the, the, the guy that he got to, to write for hard candy, uh, was mainly wrote plays when he first, that's where he came from was playwriting. So he was pretty good at, I don't want to say static scenes, but, you know, 
scenes where people a low amount of people are, are talking. Right. <laughs> and I think that kind of comes through in this. But yeah, so the first I did uh mentally do some notes about things that were different when I rewatched uh say rewatched and reread it this week. So Eben, who I keep calling Evan, so I will fuck up every <laughs> once in a while because Eben, I'm just gonna call him Josh Hartnett. Yeah. Josh Hartnett without Hartnett hair. I guess that's one of the <laughs> things that Alaska did for him. In the comic book, he and well, in the movie, they are separated. He and his wife, they're separated, they're basically divorced. He hasn't seen her. Right. And there's this whole ongoing thing about, well, oh, I guess you don't want to talk to me. Oh, you're stuck with me. Maybe you want to talk to me later. You know, and like this, that whole, that goes throughout the whole movie up until the end. And in the comic book, they're happily married. They discover the burnt up phones. They watch the first, the last sunset together instead of Eben and sidekick guy that you in all the movies like sidekick cop guy is usually like in um the crazies there's the sidekick cop that's always got your back until until he doesn't until he doesn't and so yeah they are happily married they're very flirtatious throughout the thing but most of the rest of the stuff, you know, she backs him up in the bar when there's that. It's like, you don't want to give me what I want to eat and what I want to drink. You like that guy, you know, creepy Renfield guy. She yep. backs him up with, with her gun like she does. Um, do you, uh, I mean, we're not going to, we're probably not going to go like beat by beat uh, through this movie. No, nah, but that's, that, that's interesting though. Yeah, no, I can see how that would make at least a little bit of difference. And yeah, I don't know. They could have saved a little bit of time at least if they were just like, oh, they're, you know what, they're together. They're the, the couple cops basically. But yeah, no, it, she's, she's, she comes into it with all this baggage that she like doesn't really want to be there. I don't know. I guess it just adds a little bit of extra drama if she, you know, makes her feel even more stuck because she's trying to get there, do her job and get the fuck out basically because her ex is there and like her old, old life that she left behind is all there. But yeah, and she, she and she has to confront it kind of face to face. So yeah, I mean, it's not a huge difference, but. Yeah, that, that whole thing's gone. Plus I guess what they, I don't know if they did it to replace also in the comic book. There's the side story that takes place uh, starting in New Orleans where there's the woman and her son and they uh, had had a hacker who found like Marlo and Vincente's the the Vincent or Vincente character isn't even in the movie. Do you remember any of that or do you want me to keep? Going? No. I, OK. No, I don't remember any of that from the book, but I do think that they did that part of it as a quick little mini series that I think I was reading was on FearNet Cause I, I went to letterbox the second one of these and I looked and there's like four other fucking. So I think there's another movie for sure that I haven't seen. I think it's called uh, ashes to ashes or something stupid. Uh, and then, yeah, there's the mini series that I think takes place in new Orleans that was done for FearNet long, long ago. And that was still a thing. Oh, okay. So yeah, that one, that probably is, or maybe it follows the woman because she seems established and they, they hint to 
you know, a bigger idea of things. They're basically, at least in the 30 Days of Night comic, they are tracking the people who they're pretty sure are vampires and they want to get proof. So right. they got they got a hacker who found their email, <laughs> their emails. Oh my god! And, Vampire you know, emails. He's like, I kept track of you know, I flagged these names and these locations, and <laughs> you know, since they're all a lot of them are really old, they don't really do a whole lot of internet security stuff. And you know, <laughs> Vlad <it's>, at Vampire dot <laughs> com. I think the the Vincent character signs his emails V and his email shows up as unknown sender. But the Marlowe <laughs> character, the the one who I don't even think is called Marlowe in the movie, they don't really refer to the vampires by name because they speak that created for the movie language because they speak English in the comic. Uh, right. That, that like clicky ancient sounding vampire screechy language so they're just like hey i really like your idea i've never heard of barrow alaska and it's like it'd be really cool if you came because the vincent characters weren't one of the elder vampires you know in the comic books (laughs) it's like a lot cooler if you did guy that kind (laughs) of looks like the elder vampire and lots of things he kind of looks like nosferatu he's got bald head and sort of pointy ears and uh, in the comic book, he shows up. I tried to stop you, but now you've gone and done it. And then there's the the vampire fight. And they skip over all of that in the comic, but they go straight to lines direct, like uh, the vampire in this one, when he talks about we, it's taken us centuries to convince them that we're a dream. Or he says it like, he wants to be known as vampires or something. You know, he sort of says it in a, we've, we've become a bad dream to these people and now we're something. But in the comic book, it's the older vampire that's like, we worked really hard to make people think that people who said vampires are real are crazy and you're going right. to go and do all this. So they still come up with the same plan but with the pipeline and stuff. We haven't got to that yet. But the woman from New Orleans has her son. You remember in the movie really early on when Eben is doing the rounds and uh, they find helicopter parts in that big open grinder thing that they have oh, at, at yeah. the treatment plant. The, the woman's son goes to Alaska and rents a helicopter to fly over and take footage. And okay. the beginning, middle and end of the comic and the movie are pretty much verbatim. There's and a lot of lines straight from it. There's the creepy vampire girl in the store. I think they say that exactly. The the killing of the dogs, which is very unnerving at the beginning. Right. Um, I think towards the end when our uh, our main vampire bad guy and Eben have a fucking a little fight out in the streets going on the way that he like punches him, you know, spoiler alert for a movie from 12 years ago, punches the main vampire, like right through the fucking back of the, you know, into his mouth and out the back of his head kind of deal. I definitely remember that piece of art from the comic. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say that is pretty much it. I took a screenshot of that, that, uh, that page. It's got him punching through. And the it says Kasploosh. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> so yeah, a lot of care was put into it, and I, I kind of feel like 
well, I, okay, it's a movie, so people talk shit about every movie. But I, it seems like fewer people talk shit about this movie anymore. When I f- first saw it and was first liking it, people, a lot of people seemed kind of meh. Or I don't know if the Twilight movies made people appreciate a different kind of vampire movie again, or well, or is this vampire fatigue at that point? And yeah, the Twilight movies have a lot to do with that. I think like just so many fucking vampire movies that come out like before this, and that's a big part of what makes the sequel like extremely mediocre. Is it doesn't do anything like real fantastic, and it's shit that you've seen done better in a ton of other movies. Like I mean, just just like Stakeland, I think wipes the floor with the second movie but i don't know i've always like i've always kind of liked this movie the the first one uh i don't really remember the reception to it back when it came out to be honest i think that was 2010 i can't believe that's 12 years ago but i kind of vaguely remember it coming out in the summertime which i thought was kind of a mistake like this definitely like put this out in the winter but i, I don't know they the thing I've said said that it might... came out in October. Oh, did it? Okay, that, that makes a little bit more sense. Yeah, I don't know. This was also... This might be around the time that the Saw movies were just, like, absolutely dominating every single October for, like, eight or nine years in a row. Oh, I don't sure. I don't recall. I should have looked, looked up what else... What else was out? Came out around this year. Saw 3 was the year before this. Okay, so like Saw 4 out in October this time. Everybody's loving them Saw movies. Yeah. But yeah, and as far as like comic book movies go, I think this is uh, like, I think this, like you said, this is pretty faithful. And they took a story, which like at the time when I read it, I thought would be unfilmable. And they actually uh, made it pretty cool. It, I mean... It ticks a lot of my boxes. Like I said, I'm a sucker for winter movies. Uh, it has a lot of similarities to the thing with like the sled dogs and shit and just the sense of isolation. So right there, like you're, you're winning me over. You're a lot like my favorite movie. And uh, I don't know. It's, it's a pretty good horror movie too. I'd say like, it's pretty sufficiently bloody. There's some, there's some CGI blood, but uh, uh, I don't know. It's, it's got some gross shit. When the dude gets his arms stuck in the fucking giant grinder at the end and pulls it out, and it's just a stump is pretty gnarly. Well, this was the first uh, full movie I watched on my 10 years newer. <laughs> my right. last TV I've had, this is before we lived here. I mean, we've been here for seven years. So some of the stuff looked really cool in big HD the head chopping scenes were pretty cool definitely the one at the end is still pretty convincing yes the well not strangely enough the snow on their clothes when they were inside looked like I don't know what like they were covered in styrofoam chunks which they might have been yeah, there's, there's a lot of, like, digital filter-looking snow that, like, looks like something that you could get on TikTok now, like, for free. It comes in the little effects pack. It, it, looks, it looks not good. The I don't know. I, I remember at the time being really impressed with the, like, overhead aerial shot, like, as the vampires are first, like, taking over and, like, are just slaughtering people in the streets. 
Oh, it still the... looks pretty cool, but like, yeah, seeing it, you know, the scene I'm talking about, right? Mm-hmm. All the blood pools in the streets and stuff. Yeah, it still looks pretty cool, but like, also part of me watching this, yeah, on my 4K TV, I was like, oh, it looks kind of like a video game from around the era. Like, it looks a little bit like Postal or something. <laughs> <laughs> but I still think more uh, realistic blood than uh, in the what the shootout scene and devil's rejects, which was after this, wasn't it? Um, I think devil's rejects may have been a couple of years before this. I think that came out in like Oh five or Oh six somewhere around in there. Yeah. 2005. Okay. So a couple of years before. So, and okay. I rescind my comparison because two oh. years, two years in blood animation is a long time. Well, and one that, like, another one that popped up on Tubi, like, right next to this one was the Dawn of the Dead remake, which came out in 2004, which, mm. uh, if I remember right, the last time I watched it, it has quite a bit of fucking CGI blood and head of, head explosion effects in it. Oh, yeah. Like, Land of the Dead had a lot of... Yeah, that one, too. Which I still, I still like that one. I don't even know which one I like more. I did come up with a couple more differences from the comic book and the movie. Yeah. Okay. Um, the Renf. What is he called? The stranger or the visitor? The the guy that they have the confrontation with in the bar. Yeah, Once something like that. Raw mate. The, the outsider. Yeah. The they're gonna come and get me. Character. Uh, he. During that scene in the lockup, when he's making everybody feel nervous. He starts bending the bars and they kill him in the comic. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, So they don't get to have the conversation where he's still talking to Marlo and what is like the the things they believe. He has nothing but contempt for people. Can we can we take a quick break? One of my coworkers just messaged me and was like, hey, can I call you real quick? Yeah, sure. All right. Quick break. I'll, I'll be right back. I'll be right back. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-five, twenty-six, twenty-seven. Okay, and uh, Mark Mark is back from checking, and like pipelines do in uh, Barrow, Alaska, or you know every pipeline in America, uh, the the vampires have sabotaged the pipeline or have talked about it. I think at this point, right? And uh, Mark Mark is back from checking, and it's not over there yet. Yeah, my my guts are about to burst like the pipeline does in this fucking movie, and like they seem to all over the country. <laughs> we'll, kill, we'll kill everyone in town when it goes. It is a pretty good way of like, yeah, they're just gonna burn the whole fucking city down. Basically, is how they're gonna cover up their their giant murder spree that they've got on. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Is 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 there any like environmental subtext in here going on? I couldn't really, I didn't really pick up any in the 
movie, but maybe in the comic it's a little more like on the surface. Uh, I mean, it's more just matter of fact. There in Alaska, there's a pipeline. Like we said in uh, in the movie, they just that's just what they're gonna do. That way, nobody knows. Also, they do sort of another thing about the whole. In the movie, they say, you know, oh, nobody's ever going to know what happened to us. And then they're going to get whatever town the dude's dad with dementia said that he was going to, you know, when he let, when he ran out. You know, they're right. going to get the next town and the next town over. It's sort of like the thing where it's, if we don't stop it, it's uh, it's going to spread worldwide. And, and, right. And, uh, yep. And, Another similarity with my favorite movie. And in the in the comic book, there is an exploding helicopter, and uh, it's just ground up in this one. But yeah, yeah vamp- they couldn't, vampires... couldn't afford to blow up a, co- a helicopter. <laughs> yeah, I mean they they could uh they what the guy from fucking Sons of Anarchy driving the ditch digger. I forget what the fuck he calls it. The giant dry forklift chainsaw thing. Yep. Yeah, it's like it's like, yeah, some kind of ditch digging thing. Uh, driving that through town and well, that that character is not in the comic, but um, yeah. So if if they if they want to cover up the existence, just have you know tiny mining town. I know we said that the people there. Are more unique in that they're the ones that stay behind for the 30 days of darkness. And, you know, some of the people, half their families leave and some people stay behind, but it's just uh, out in the middle of nowhere. And that guy from Sons of Anarchy lives even further outside of town that he doesn't even feel part of that town or whatever. Uh, Josh Hartnett says when he says that's why he fucks with him and writes him tickets. It's make him feel like he's part of the community because he lives out on the outskirts. Yeah, can you imagine wanting to be that fucking isolated like away from everything? Come on, man. That's why we live out here is for that that freedom. Um, yeah. yeah, those were I mean, the I think I already said the that was most of the main differences between the the comic and the movie is the the marriage is you know happy i really don't know why it was changed i guess it i don't have to know it was just a change that was made but i don't really understand what purpose unless it was just well we've seen that story let's change a couple things so fans of the comic book don't know everything that's going to happen, but right. they, they hit the main notes in the jam. You know, they've, they've got the, they cut out the sort of secondary drama between the vampires and it's just humans versus vampires instead of humans versus vampires who are opposed by other kinds, sl- slightly opposed by other vampires, political leanings, you know, <laughs> that just, they, they, that's easier to do in a comic book. And I guess it probably changes a bit of the, the pace of the movie having the vampires typical struggle with the younger vampire 
be like, fuck you, old man. Why should we hide from our food sort of stuff? Right. I mean, in the movie, they really don't like, I guess maybe it was also like a sign of like weakness, which is interesting in the book that like we get a little bit more, you know, a little more world building within the world of the vampires, which I'm sure is something like Steve Niles is probably planning on using in like sequels to the book or whatnot. But yeah, in the movie, I think it would just like slow it down kind of, and it's already, it already runs, I think like an hour and 45 minutes or something. So uh, yeah, might, might have some of the stuff might've been done just like for time and just like condense the story down a little bit more. I don't really know the much of a difference between the final hero sacrifice for everyone in town and the woman that he's loved and that loves him back versus the heroic final sacrifice for everyone in town and the woman that he used to love and then loves him again right right before the end. I yeah. I I don't know why I'm really fixated on it. it just <laughs> I'll stop now. I <laughs> <laughs> I will stop because it's it doesn't matter. It is, I didn't write it. Speaking of things that don't matter that I didn't write, uh yeah, the sequel uh 30 Days of Night Dark Days I think it's called uh picks up pretty much immediately as soon as the first movie ends and uh they our our central character is the 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 lady cop from the first movie slash book. I forget what her name is. Uh, she has been recast. They do the last shot from the first movie again with the new actress to show, uh, like, you know, spoiler alert, vampire Josh Hart that's burnt up fucking corpse in her arms at sun, sunset or sunrise where the first movie ends. Uh, and then it goes into how she's like written a book and doing public speaking stuff about how barrow alaska was all the people were murdered by vampires and everybody like laughs around a town basically until the real vampire hunters show up and like yeah it uh, kind of goes from there it's a pretty generic yeah just like vampire hunters hunting vampires in the underground sewer system of los angeles and they're mostly using guns like they don't use any you know like not, almost none of the like the traditional vampire tropes are really in either of these movies like there's no shit about crosses or garlic or staking them in the heart whatsoever oh. they just they get shot a lot and burnt a lot and i guess she uses uv light because it's like the sunrise uh as a weapon a couple times actually in the sequel but uh and once in the in the first one where he finds his grandma's pot farm or whatever and uses one of the uv lights as a weapon but um, yeah, other than that, a lot of the vampire tropes are completely cut out of this. So, uh, another thing that makes the sequel just feel really generic, like there's just not, there's really not a lot going on in it. Like it's just these like badly cast, terrible actors, uh, just put a plain, plain vampire hunter in the fucking sewers for some dumb reason. And yeah, it's, it is not good. I do not recommend the fucking sequel. It's clearly, pretty clearly like a cash grab direct-to-video thing that came out a couple years after the first one. Rob Tapper was an executive producer on it, but Sam Raimi, I don't think, had anything to do with this. It has none of the cast from the original. I think Steve Niles is maybe credited as a screenwriter, but it was with a couple other people, I think. So I don't know how much he actually had to do with this or if it was just, like, 
this is loosely based on a i think somebody on facebook was telling me the sequel is based on one of the comic book sequels and it existed before the movie they they made a movie out of it basically but uh yeah movie pretty bad don't don't recommend you don't need to watch it i think there are at least two more comic books from the original run i don't know how many others they did but i often saw it referred to as a three-part comic series and uh the character eben's wife who is a fire marshal in the movie but another cop in town in the comic her name was is stella i believe that's right stella <laughs> and the the mini series you were talking about i checked while uh you were outside checking on the pipeline there was the prequel mini series blood trails in 2007 and a sequel mini series called dust to dust in 2008 it. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't find. I couldn't find either of the miniseries. I'm sure the FearNet one, like, you might be able to bootleg somewhere, but it's probably tied up in rights hell at this point. I don't know who owns all that old FearNet shit anymore. Disney but, probably. Uh, you think? Or I, I kind of thought like back in the day it was a Viacom thing, and they shit canned it quietly after mm-hmm. a few years. I feel like Disney owns most things. There, there. They did say something. You mentioning that the vampire trope's not working in the movie. They do say something about that in the original comic. Also, they say, you know, what somebody tried. I think they said uh, holy water or garlic and stuff like that. What wasn't working, and it was like, and so and so even tried a cross, um, <laughs> or. I think that's the emphasis they put on there. And there's like nothing worked. And then there's in the movie. God, I feel like he's in way more things, but the guy from sons of anarchy says just because it worked on Baylor Lugosi, don't mean it work in real life. That's true. We don't get that line, but they also have they to probably, be... they, hmm? they probably don't have a lot of like holy water or garlic in this fucking town. So, I mean, yeah, they don't even have alcohol. Yep, no booze. Well, yeah, things are hard enough when it's dark out. We don't need people boozing it up, also. Yeah, so keep the if if they can't have booze, don't make them go to church. Yep. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like we could talk for a while about you know vampire movies and this and that and the other thing, and we very well well could, but. Just in case uh, something suddenly happens and we have to go, I would say that's pretty much 30 days of night. Okay. Yeah, for the most part. I, I dig this movie a lot. I, I think it's pretty good. Uh, it's, it's Josh Hartnett's kind of... Oh, when I first started rewatching this, I was like, oh no, did I forget that Josh Hartnett really fucking sucks in this movie? And I, he kind of he kind of grows on you. He's definitely like channeling his inner R.J. McCready a little bit. And like... <laughs> He doesn't have way a lot to like, I mean, he's, he's playing a pretty straightforward role in this. There's not a lot of the extent of his deepness is that like he is trying really hard to get back with his ex is pretty much it. But uh, other than that, he's kind of just a de facto leader in this movie. But uh, the rest of the cast, I think is pretty good. Sons of Anarchy guys, fun to watch. Uh, I don't know. There are a lot of the rest of the cast is pretty disposable. There's people of the town. Uh, the vampires are cool. There's you got your your dude that looks like he's from straight out of a Guy Ritchie movie. 
there's the younger guy that looks like uh, the the Matrix guy from um, fucking uh, <laughs> what's the Adam Sandler movie about weed that doesn't have Adam Sandler in it? Oh, Grandma's a boy. Grandma's boy. Yeah, he looks just oh. like the the. Yep, that guy. I will kill you. That guy. <laughs> um, I don't think it's the same guy, but he looks like him. And then, yeah, there's, there's also a, the chick and the child vampire, which is, yeah, pretty. The yeah. whole child vampire thing's pretty fucked up. But, uh, yeah, I dig this movie. This, this, this ticks a lot of boxes. I watch this every couple of years or so. I don't have a Blu-ray of this, but yeah, the the first the the two the two I watched are both on Tubi, so it's definitely worth a, a rewatch if you've seen it before. Mark Boone Jr. There, I said your name once on the show. Bobby from Sons of Anarchy. And yeah, Danny Huston or Houston as the main vampire. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, unique looking vampires. I dig that they came up with that more ancient sound. They had the dialect professor or whatever create the old vampire language which i don't know if that was something he wanted to do in the comic but didn't because it would be you know a word bubble of weird letters that nobody could read followed by the english translation anyway or the native language of wherever the comic was pressed because it's not just printed here but you know what I mean. you, you just put the arrows outside the, the the dialogue inside the dialogue box to like you know to imply that they're speaking like a, a language that we don't understand kind of i don't know that's how like the yeah. star wars comics get around it a lot like if the wookies are talking to each other each other or something it's just like the uh the greater than or less than signs like on the, as as brackets outside the dialogue you know what i'm talking about yeah so I don't know. Like I said, a pretty faithful adaptation. I think they did a pretty literal comic book to movie. So get, yeah, it's, it's, it's an odd time. It's, it's the trend. We're transitioning out of winter. The sun is coming up soon, I guess, uh, until they kill my magnolia tree. Um, <laughs> 30 days of night. Well, yeah, it's it kind of, kind of feels like the, the whole, the whole winter is just all, all nighttime. Thanks. Thanks. Daylight savings time. <laughs> yeah. Benjamin Franklin. It's right? all your damn fault. Benjamin Franklin, vampire hunter. Unless I was brainwashed by the movie national treasure. I feel like he was the person that suggested the idea for daylight savings time. I don't, I don't think I've ever seen National Treasure. Oh, really? Uh, it's, I mean, it's Nicolas Cage doing uh, treasure hunting with romanticizing the founding fathers and the founding of America and stuff, but it's cheesy, corny popcorn. Um, 30 Days of Nick Cage. Um, <laughs> I do like the Nick Cage. I, I probably would watch 30 Days of Nick Cage. But yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I could tell you a little bit more more about it. But are we done with the episode? Or are we gonna go on talking about other shit? What do you want to do? Yeah, we did, we did pretty alright on that one. I think all together it'll be like an hour and twenty minutes or something. Yeah, or forty five minutes. Not sure which. <laughs> hard to say. I'll I'll leave that up to the editor. 
We will we will see. Not much of our actual talking will be on the cutting room floor, but there were some some breaks and some troubleshooting. But yeah, we uh, Mark will go check and make sure mm-hmm. that Marlo. Well, I guess Mar- we won't be hearing from Marlo anymore unless we end up being in a prequel. But uh, he's gonna check on the pipeline, make sure Sailor Sarah Palin isn't out there causing fucking trouble. <laughs> causes enough fucking trouble. Shooting fucking polar bears and shit. Yeah, from from a helicopter. Yep. <laughs> Thank you for being here with us at the end of the first, the uh, the first sun, the sunrise. Uh, blah, blah. Thank you for holding us in your arms while we turn into flaky ash, <laughs> floating off into the the sunrise. Until next time. That was him, and this was me. Uh, When the vampires come, don't forget to duck and cover. (laughs) He did what we all must learn to do. You. And you. And you. And you. Duck. And cover.